to You Albany Student Stories, a podcast by students for students. I'm Ryan. I'm Sophia. I'm Bianca. And today we're here with Casey. And Casey is a student here at U Albany. Um, and today we're going to be talking about studying abroad. And everyone in this room besides me has gone on some sort of trip. So a little jealous, not going to lie. <laughs> but we've got experiences from all over. So Sophia, where did you end up going? So I went to Tokyo this oh last semester. Gosh. Yes, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, I stayed on the outskirts, but the city was about 20, 25 minutes, a train ride in. That's so cool. Yes, oh my it was gosh. beautiful. Very, it was very much worth it. Nice. And Bianca, you said you went to? Buenos Aires, Argentina. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, it was really very different than what I'm used to. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm soy Dominicana, and... When I went, it was very much Italian-French architecture, and I was right in the city. Um, it was pretty much, I felt like I was living in a huge New York City. Like, that's what I was wow. in. Like, I didn't even feel like New York City was that big. Like, it was just, like, huge. Wow. It was a lot. Wow. I can imagine. So, Casey, where did you end up studying abroad? I studied abroad in Granada, Spain. It's a very small city in southern Spain. Um, it was super interesting because... Normally when you go to Spain or large cities in Europe, it still kind of feels like home, but mm. Granada only has 250,000 people. So it's, you'd, I definitely felt a lot of Spanish culture and it, there was really interesting mix of uh, Moroccan and Arabic influence because wow. up until like the 14, 1500s, uh, Southern Spain was an Arabic kingdom. So there was still a lot of Muslim architecture, like that kind of stuff. So it was wow. a really interesting mix of cultures and it was definitely a cool cultural experience. I did not know that at all. I always thought Spain was just Spain. <laughs> I, 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 can you tell I didn't do well in history classes um, and geography too? But I do want to dive into what it looked like applying to study abroad because I know there's a lot of, um, I guess you could say confusion, but would you say it's a straightforward process? I would say it was very much straightforward when I was applying for uh, Tokyo University of Foreign Studies, which is where I went. Um, you have to write like an essay, a little essay explaining why you would be applicable for the program and, you know, your drive, what you expect to get out of this experience. Um, and after that, you had to send in documentation like your vaccine records because still like COVID was very high, especially in uh, Asia. Um, your records um, like for school. Um, they And they give you everything that you need to send in on time and the deadlines. And it, it was very straightforward. I thought it was a very organized process as well. Um, and I had no uh, problem getting things on on, on time. Um, and then I got accepted, and that was very exciting news when yeah. I got the news. But, yeah, that was for me. I thought it was very easy. I thought it was very organized, especially through uh, Tokyo University of Foreign Studies because it, they're very strict and organized over there. So Yeah, yeah. I agree. The, I, I went through the SUNY system. I don't know if you did yeah, the same. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But they did 90% of the work for <laughs> us, at least. That's what I think. Um, I remember applying, like you said, you had to do that essay, a right, couple right. easy things like that. But then, you know, they drive to New York City and get your um, yes. your visa. They yes. do all that stuff, and they mail it to you. So you're, I was just kind of sitting there like, oh, well, I guess they're figuring it right, all out for right, me. yeah. It was great. So it was, it was a stress-free process. Um, they were really easy to communicate with. So. Right. I think going through SUNY was, was great. Because yeah, and I did it through Carmisha, who was the head of the study abroad, yeah, and she was very helpful. 
Um, if I need, ever had a question, I would just email her, um, especially about the dorming uh, fees and everything, because I was a little bit unsure about that. But she was very helpful with everything. She uh, had everything online, uploaded what you would need, um, and getting uh, enough yen out so you would be able to pay the rent when you got accepted. But yeah, no, I thought it was waiting for the visa. I got that right in on time and everything else. So it was a very easy process, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. I So I didn't actually do mine through SUNY Albany. The way the SUNY system works is you can go on any study abroad uh, program that the SUNY system right, offers. Right, right. So my coordinators were actually all from Brockport. Awesome. So I had to call nice. and communicate with SUNY Brockport, which was just as easy. So Awesome. That's fabulous. I mean, for me, it was like also very easy, very straightforward. I just needed basically why I wanted to study abroad and just my GPA and everything was really good. So yes, yes. I... For me, it was really easy when I got in Argentina because we, you get the visa when you go to Argentina. Mm-hmm. So once we had been there, we did the visa process, and then I went and I got my visa. I'll say that that was, like, a little hectic. You have to wake up at, like, 4 or 5 in the morning, and you, yeah, because the office is open from, like, 5 to 12, like, 5 a.m. to, like, 12 or 5 a.m. to, like, 1, and then they close, so we had to be there. We had to be there at like six a.m., like ready to go. Oh, absolutely! No. And it's a struggle <laughs> to wake up at seven thirty. No, <laughs> yeah, it read. was like we're sitting there taking the bus, and the, like it was just. It was a lot. Yeah, um, but other than that, like, it was fine. I mean, I had to pay for the visa, but like, you what know, you do? yeah. yeah. Right. So, so, were you on a SUNY program? Or do you do yours independent? Um, Actually, no, because I did my undergrad in New Jersey at Monmouth University. Oh. So I went through Monmouth. Okay. Um, the only thing I didn't like about my study abroad experience is they didn't let me take classes with native speakers. They had me take it with second language learners. Mm. So for me, I already grew up and I knew Spanish and I wanted to be challenged. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I wasn't challenged mm. in the language gotcha. to the same extent as the other students. Mm. So right. that was the only, like, oh. for me. Mm. Downside. Yeah. So I know you both had talked about currency exchange. What does that look like? Do you do it before? Do you do it while you're there? I Is there a currency exchange? There, well, I did all mine before. Um, my mom, she's actually a, a bank auditor. Oh, yeah, so that she came in handy. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, yeah, so I told her, I'm like, well, I'm going to need like this money in for rent and then this much for food and what other other necessities. Like if I went um, shopping like for, you know, souvenirs for my friends, mm-hmm. you know, so we added up like, you know, the expenses, like what it would look like converted to yen. So she I forget how much it was a lot of yen she took <laughs> out and I used up like a pretty good amount of it, like through rent and uh, other like bills, like electricity and water. Mm-hmm. Um, also like paying like to go on the train or a bus and uh, other souvenirs and universal was very pricey too <laughs> um oh i forgot they yeah. have a universal in uh, tokyo you, wow it's in osaka yep oh. universal yep oh my god so fun yeah. i didn't even know they had Woo. that me either oh my god i'll i'll get into that later but <laughs> <laughs> but um no it was very easy because um she got the end um exchanged for me and then we just took that uh, on the plane over into tokyo and we were wow. all set 
did you have a, like a host family or did you just stay by yourself? Oh, I, I stayed by myself and they offer these beautiful studio apartments on campus. Oh, that's I had my own <laughs> stove. I had my own private bathroom with my own shower and bathtub. Wow. Um, a bathtub. Yeah. Luxury <laughs> living. Oh and my not only God. that, but I had Lush uh, products. Yeah. The in to- that I got in Tokyo and their Lush items are on a whole other level so i, I would wish. just be taking a bath and oh my god there's like bubble baths at the end of every single right, day right right oh my god it was very nice and we also had a balcony too and my balcony overlooked all of tokyo everything yep. oh my god yep. so cool casey spain was there a lot of currency exchange there or? um well my experience was a little bit easier um i paid for everything up front so i didn't have to deal with any like the rent you're talking about i paid the price in u.s dollars to the university and they handled everything so um my grandmother actually gifted me like 500 euros right before i went so i basically just kind of you know threw that in my backpack and that kind of got me through the first couple weeks Mm -hmm. um but it was really nice being in spain because obviously they use the euro and there's only like an 8% difference between the euro and the US dollar. Oh, so like, you know, when I'd go out and buy a sandwich or something like that, and it said eight euros, I knew it was basically eight US dollars too. <laughs> so I didn't have to do any of the conversions. Awesome. Um, but I just made sure to get a credit card that had no foreign exchange fees mm. or, or a debit card. And yeah, yeah. so basically I would just go to one of the banks and I would take out money, usually in big chunks, and I would stuff it yeah. under my bed, you know. Yeah. Um, and I just used that for a couple of weeks and, you know, it, really didn't make that much of a difference between the yen and the U.S. or the euro and the U.S. dollar. So. Right, right. Yeah, that also reminded me. I had to put, um, for my credit cards, I had to put on travel notes because if I didn't, yeah. it would they would lock them like down. Flag because it, I would, flag yeah, flag yeah. if I was in a different country, so that was also another thing. Interesting. I, yeah, I wish I could have paid for my rent up front because I had the money, but yeah. like, <laughs> we had to pay it in increments like every hurts. month. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that was something. You just get to watch it drain yeah. the accounts. <laughs> <laughs> I just got it out of the way. I know. That's, I wish I could have done that, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Mine was similar to yours yes. in the sense that it was basically like paying for university here, like you pay monthly. Yes. Um honestly, yeah, I didn't like it either, but it was just it was what it was. Right. And at that point I had been I was used to it. I was used to the system and they were just like, We're just gonna keep it the same. I said, Okay, fine. But taking out money, I was pretty much like you, Casey. I would take out my, well, I would go and I would take all my money out in dollars. Mm-hmm. And then when I knew that the currency exchange was in my favor, I would go change. Like there was <laughs> one day where it was like 45 pesos to $1. And <laughs> that was the day I was like, yeah. I'm going to go change yeah. a yeah. lot of money. And I'm going to be. <laughs> and those were the days that I would go. I would strategically plan it out mm-hmm. so that I could get the most money. Oh, look at you. And I was like, <laughs> no, I wanted to. I don't want to say I wanted to finesse the system, but like I yeah, wanted to get yeah. the amount of money. Yeah, why like, exactly. I was like, <laughs> just if this, game. yeah, the system's working <laughs> for me. I'm going to take it. As you so should. in Argentina, it was pesos is what they primarily use. Yeah. They use Argentine pesos. Oh, so it's different than other pesos. Yeah. There's for every country. It's different. Like Chilean pesos are different than Dominican pesos, which are different than Cuban pesos. No yeah. They're all different. They're all called pesos, but they're all different types of okay. pesos. Mm. Interesting. Well, I now want to talk about your travel experiences there. Um, so what did it look like leading up to the time of going to your study abroad location, traveling? How did that feel? What was it like landing, et cetera, et cetera? So <laughs> mine was a little bit chaotic because I went out that night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so did I, girl. It's so okay. yeah. <laughs> High five. <laughs> Get on the flight hung over. Maybe no, I drunk. was. Uh, I really was. It was 
It was, I mean, it was, it was an experience because that was the first time I've actually like flown a plane like across like overseas. That was the first yeah, time I've ever Tokyo's. traveled. Yeah. How long was the flight? 15 hours. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the director, did you have to connect? I, so I, it was nonstop. It was through United Airlines and it was wow. nice. So it was 15 hours straight and I was just watching, I watched all the Toy Story movies. All okay. <laughs> okay. No, so, okay. But, um, yeah, so I was leaving at 6 a.m. My mom had a private driver oh. take us. I know. She, my mom should be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, okay. she wants to, she she wants to send you off properly. That's what I'm saying. You know? Yeah, well, she actually wanted to go to Tokyo. So she ended up coming with me for the first week before oh. the semester started. So we had our own little week in Tokyo. Nice. That's with so each other. It was so That's much cute. fun. But um, no, I went out with my girl, Juliana. If you're listening to this, I love you. But um, <laughs> I went out with her. We went to Beer Garden. Um, and it was very fun. It was my last night out in the town before I left for four months. And then it was like 3 a.m. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, I need to get going. I love you. Uh, we got our last meal at McDonald's because that's like our thing after, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I had to wake up at 6 a.m. <laughs> crisp three hours. Yeah, now. crisp three hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the stuff. And so um, our driver was there. We had everything packed. Um, and he took us down to New Jersey because Albany International does not go international. No. Um, so no. Why would it? Yeah. So we had to go to Newark, New Jersey. Um, we caught our flight. It was very smooth sailing from there. Uh, United Airlines is great. The food was good. This episode um, is sponsored by United Airlines. Airlines. <laughs> 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 um, and, you know, my mom, she always says, you know, like a little wine does the trick, you know, uh, before you know it, yeah. you, then you're then you're landing. <laughs> and exactly. we were. You know? <laughs> <on the plane. laughs> and I, I'm already hungover on the plane. I'm like, I can't do this. Nothing like, better I, cure hungover. <laughs> <laughs> oh but we land in um, Narita which is about like two hours away from Tokyo. Um, and we caught herself an Uber to our hotel, which was like 30 minutes outside of Tokyo. I forget what it was called. Um, oh, the Moxie Chelsea, Tokyo. Moxie That's Chelsea. Yale. Very nice. Um, but <laughs> You're just bougie. <laughs> My mom, she's an Italian woman. Yeah. She loves going out in style. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, your mom is you doing have to stop it. You have to <laughs> No, like my mom does the same thing, but I'm like, bougie little lady needs... Need to be I'm treated saying. like bougie little ladies. That's what I'm saying. Like, and we got ourselves like foot massages for jet lag because there's um, a five star foot massage right where we were, and they had a special one for jet lag or people like that were just landing. So we got that. It was reflexology oh, foot massage. Oh my god! <laughs> and it was so nice. We had ramen. We had duck ramen. That was really good. Absolutely I don't think divine. I've ever had duck before. What's it taste like? It's. It was very um. Tastes like chicken. It tastes, tastes yeah, like just kind of like chicken. Yeah, yeah duck it's like tastes meat. like a sweet chicken. It like is. it's like it's a little bit. It's very sweeter. savory. Yeah, um, but we saw we went to the cherry blossom festival because we were just in peak, oh. and there are cherry oh, blossoms everywhere. And it looked like I forget what it's called, but it's uh, there's a word for it in Japanese where it's called um almost like pink snow because it it just so keeps yeah petals. there's so many petals falling and it's beautiful over there. Wow, um. But we caught that. It was it was very smooth sailing. I had fun, and then we went to check out my apartment, my dorm. It was very nice. And then so, was the apartment through the university, or was it yes, separate through the university? Okay, that's yep, good. Very nice. Um, and then we spent ten days with each other, and then it was time for the semester to start, which was April fifth. I think that's mm -hmm. when it started. 
and then I kind of cried, you know, because I'm like, I had to say yeah. goodbye to my mom. But yeah. other than that, I had so much fun with her and then Damn. even making friends at the university and, you know, just having a new experience to myself. Having a ball, yeah. yeah. Well, Casey, what was your experiences? My experience was also pretty smooth. <laughs> yeah. um, I remember that I waited, like, way too long to book my flight. So I booked my flights, no. like, two weeks before. You are responsible for booking your own flight? Yes. yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, like, yeah. I mean, yes, but no. I mean, it's just buying a flight. Yeah, I guess that was so. one thing I realized abroad. Like, <laughs> it's way easier to buy flights and, like, travel than yeah. I thought it was. I, I'm from upstate New York, mm -hmm. like Saratoga area, just oh, a little nice. bit north of here. So I flew out of JFK and then I flew into Barcelona and then from Barcelona down to Granada. So it was a total of like 11 hours, which wasn't that bad. Right. Yeah. Um, the flight was super easy. I flew on, I want to say American Airlines. That was nice. fine. Those are so cool. um, and then when I got to Spain, like I went um, on my own. I didn't go with friends. Uh, I didn't have anyone travel with me. Mm -hmm. And this was my first time ever leaving the country. Oh my god! So like in the days and the hours leading up to the flight, I was like starting to get pretty nervous because I was I had no idea what to expect. Right. I had never left the country. I've never done anything on my own for the most part, and I was just picking up and moving to a different country, which is kind of nerve wracking. Um, but I remember like stepping stepping off the plane on this tiny tiny air, uh, airport tarmac in Granada, looking up at the Sierra Nevada mountains and the the big castles they have down there, and I was like, oh my god, this is real. And I remember just getting off the plane like with a bunch of other kids around my age who I figured that I would have class with. And, you know, we just hop on the bus, go into the city, and I was staying with a host family. So I knocked on the door, and my host mother answered. And at the time, my Spanish skills weren't great, so our <laughs> conversations were a little limited. Right. Um, but we definitely got to know each other pretty quick. And luckily, I had a host brother who – well, not a host brother, a study abroad brother, I guess. He was mm -hmm. from Wisconsin. He did an extended program, so he was already there for three weeks. So, like wow. – he knew his way around the city and he knew like the bars and the places to go to. And so there was actually like a school event on the Monday night that I got there. Mm -hmm. So he brought me out to that and I made a bunch of friends on the first night, which oh, was great. That's so good. Awesome. I had, I had kind of like a built in friend before I got there cause my host mother connected me with him. So like nice. any questions I um, needed to ask anything like that, like what should I bring? What should I be prepared for? That kind of stuff. He kind of set me up for. So I had a really easy transition because I had someone there already. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we ended up being best friends, so. No, that's fabulous. I was similar to Sophia. <laughs> My mom did not get me a private driver. She drove me herself. But also, um, the night before I had gone to, or the day before, I should say, I was at my friend Julia's pool party. Me and her were traveling together. And it was just nice. It was like a little party send-off. Like, everyone was just, like, celebrating us. And, like, we were just excited to be there, um. I got home at also a late hour. <laughs> I got home at like 2, 3 a.m. Yeah, and my mom was like, you have a flight. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> I snuck out. My mom didn't even know. I no, was. my mom's there waiting for me at the door. She's like, it's late. You need to sleep. You have a flight. I'm like, I'm going to sleep on the plane. We're just built different. Exactly. So then I, you know, I came home. My mom brings me to the airport. It was really cute because my tias were from... La República Dominicana, where they're visiting me. So my tia Pia, my tia Mayra, my tia Daisy, they all came with me to, like, send me off. And I just remember, like, being so excited because my tia Mayra is, like, my second mom. And I was just happy that, like, for a, such a big moment, like, she was there. And, like, it was really cute. I got We got to the airport. My friend was late. And I was surprised because I'm always late. And she was there later than me. I was like, thank God I got, <laughs> got there on time. Yeah. 
flight was it was 12 hours um it was direct i flew united um honestly i just slept the most of the time and when i woke up they gave me wine so i just drank like Mm. bottles of wine and then i fell asleep again (laughs) (laughs) i didn't want like i just i've flown my whole life like back and forth from here to the dr but never something so long and i was like i can't use my phone because it'll die right and what do I do? Mm. So I was just like, I'm going to drink and sleep and I'm going to (laughs) sleep. And yeah, we got there and immediately everyone from the study abroad program was in the airport. We all went through customs like somewhat together because like we all like nos juntamos like basically afuera in the airport. And then we all took the bus to the university. And from there, our host families came and like they picked us up and it was like, it was nice. It was really cute, and the yeah. One, yeah, I was gonna say in Argentina, it was so it was similar that there was like cervecerias, mm-hmm. and like they would make all their cerveza vinos like right there yep. in casa, mm-hmm. and I just I loved it because for me, I feel like at least in the U.S., I haven't really like gone to like a distillery like that, mm-hmm. and so to experience that abroad was just really cool, and like right. in general, like. I have family in Argentina, so when I went to go visit my sister, there was, like, a lot of, like, places that were, like, very casero. Like, we went to this ice cream place, and they made all their ice cream in the back. So we would get, like... yum. Yeah, we would get, like, all the fresh stuff, and, like, I loved it. It was just so different, and it was great. The machines in the back, and you could see them, like, turning the ice cream. You could see the whole process. It was so amazing. Like, I loved it. Like, I loved that stuff. Oh, that's so cool. Well, I want to talk about the cultures of each of the countries that you visited and like kind of the transition coming from super Western culture, which is the United States, to where you went. I mean, for you, I imagine it was probably really, really stark because you're now almost in the most East you can get. Right. Yep. So I come from Cohoes, Like, that's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So New York. But um, when I went to Tokyo, um, it was very much a culture shock in the beginning. Um, over there, they don't really emphasize being uh, your own individual person. In fact, it's more like uh, collected, working with like as part of like a teamwork, and you don't really want to stand out. Um, and obviously, for me, like I've always been like out there. I, you know, I'm always violently myself. <laughs> um, so I kind of like was I have a very strong personality so like that was something I kind of had to tame when I went over there because I didn't really want to stand out I didn't want to look um too harsh you know but um it was definitely kind of a process but I did um adapt very well to it you know I mean I'm very resilient when it comes to like new experiences um but it was very, I don't know, it, w- it was very interesting to see, like, how, like, they're very um, calm and collected. Mm. They they don't act on impulse or anything, not not like Americans do usually. <laughs> but um, they're very, very sweet. Um, and that was something that was was hard for me to get, you know, uh, adjusted to. from New York. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's mean. Be- <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, the service is 10 out of 10. Um, everyone, everyone and anyone is willing to help you. Um, they're very polite and even I remember like when I would purchase something from from a store um, they walk you right outside make sure like you know they bow to you you know and they thank you like three times if not more they're very respectful very very respectful 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really nice. And that's I have cool. to say, I think the biggest culture shock was when I was riding on the train. I because I rode on the train a lot. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to get to a destination, you see um, these kids, these in their little school uniforms, and they look so cute with their leather backpacks. And they're about like three to like ten, like different ages, but they're still kids, and they don't have like nobody like to guide them. Like they don't have a parent. Some of them might have friends, but it's so safe. The country is so safe that. They, there's no, there's not really that many abductions or, um, crimes like that happen. I mean, there's crime everywhere, but Japan is, is still like a very safe country. So, and they know the train system because there's different lines. There's the KO line, there's the JR line to get to different parts of Japan. Um, and they know like when to switch, you know, when to get off. And I thought that was just so amazing. The wow, fact that you I've have actually like, heard about that. Yeah. You, you see like these little, like I was worried cause like I saw like a little three-year-old boy by himself and I'm like, where's his parents? But it's like my friend had to explain to me, like, Oh, this is just, you know, how it is. You know, they know where they're going. I'm like, wow, so America could never. Yeah. <laughs> Say you see a kid getting on the subway in New York city. I'm scared. That's what I'm saying. Very, very positive experience, a big adjustment, but I, I'd say it was positive, you know, yeah. how to adjust. Yeah, no, I'm very thankful to have had the experience to see everything that I did, experience and learn, you know. I I came out with not just, you know, more knowledge about the language, but about the society and the culture itself, and I'm very, I'm very happy about that, so yeah. Yeah, and I know when you were there, you experimented a little bit with going to some of the more, like, religious aspects like the yes. kimono and yes um so the shrines i saw a lot of the shinto shrines in the opera uh the temples the buddhist temples and they're absolutely beautiful i mean japan has so much history to it it's almost a little bit overwhelming i mean there's so much beauty um and i tried to see as much as i could with my friend kate who was actually my dorm neighbor oh, she was nice. right next door and she's she goes to albany as well so i thought it was like so funny like we were next door but yeah. we would always like go to different parts of japan with each other um, and for golden week, which is a, a string of holidays that fall within the same week, oh, wow. um, we had, that, nice. that, was, that was basically like our spring break and that was like the third week of the semester. Oh so, it was like, <laughs> yeah. so we went to Kyoto, um, and we did the kimono wearing and that was absolutely amazing. I mean, they do your hair, they do your makeup, they put little flowers in your hair according Aww. and they, they pick out like nice like colors cause there's layers that you have to wear under the kimono. So they pick out like colors that would complement it well. Um, and I'm th- to this day, like that, all of that was still better than my prom and hair look like, <laughs> and, and that cost less. The kimono was less than my prom and wow. hair. Yeah. But, um, we went up into the mountains, we saw different shrines and temples and, um, that's where we like kind of did our, like our little photo shoot. That's right. I have so many selfies now <laughs> from Japan, <laughs> but, um, it was absolutely beautiful, uh, to see how respectful they are to nature and of the environment. I mean. It's, it was absolutely, like, breathtaking to experience. Wow. So, yeah. That's so cool. Well, moving on to Casey, what was kind of your experience in Spain's culture? Because I know it's Europe, so it's not, like, as right. East as Right, that's what I was about Tokyo. to start with. Um, you know, it wasn't quite as different as Japan. Um, <laughs> but, you know, getting there, obviously, the first thing I experienced was the language. You know, yeah. I got off the plane, and I had to communicate with um, – they had these big fleet of buses outside the airport taking people into the city, and I had to figure out how to communicate – where exactly in the city I was going. And that was like a pretty intense moment because, you know, I didn't really know where I was going. I didn't even know what the city looked like. So I was trying to communicate with this bus driver that didn't speak any English. And I spoke, you know, 
you know, our Spanish yeah. that we broken you know. Spanish, right. <laughs> very broken Spanish. Um, and so that was a really intimidating first moment. But as soon as I got on the bus and I was on my way into the city, um, I started recognizing the streets because I remember looking on Google Maps, like where my house was. Um, and then I got off the bus and I walked down the little side street to the apartment and I, te- I text my host mother that I was there and I knocked on the door and she opens up the door. It's this little short, um, <laughs> like 70 year old Spanish woman. Oh my God. Um, and she lets me in. She gives me a tour of the apartment and she shows me to my bedroom. I had a bedroom the size of mine at home with a full size bed, nice. um, a desk, dresser, like oh. closet, the whole nine yards. And I shared a bathroom with the other study abroad student that she was hosting. Oh, nice. Um, so it was great. It, it already felt like home. It was super homey, cozy, um, but very modest. I, mm-hmm. I noticed that that they don't really go over the top very much. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that goes for the rest of Europe, but definitely where I was in Spain, like, you know, everyone lives in a smaller apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, they drive a smaller car. Everything's a little bit smaller mm-hmm. and more yeah. modest. They care less about, you know, how, how extravagant or grand That's how Japan home was. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, so I lived with a host family, which was a great cultural immersion thing to do mm-hmm. it was an older couple like 70 years old retired with older children so in their 20s and 30s um yeah. so the kids weren't in the house so it was just them and myself and my study abroad brother mm-hmm. um and that was the first thing i noticed that was pretty different um a lot of people don't realize this about spain although it is europe they are extremely traditional really um especially in the smaller cities of spain they're very conservative very traditional very religious um, it wasn't really what I was expecting because everyone was <laughs> like, oh, you're up. They're so like, party you know, there. It was it was very formal, you know, and there was definitely very intense uh, gender roles inside the house. Mm-hmm. So that was something that really stuck out to me immediately and was a little uncomfortable here and there. You know, I w- we'd be sitting at the dinner table and I would have to look at my uh, my <laughs> host brother and be like, "Whoa, you know, that's intense. <laughs> but, you know, obviously nothing bad, but it was just like, you know, it's different. Yeah, different. different. Um, but the thing I loved most about Spanish culture was going throughout the day, wh- how social they were. And the emphasis is definitely on social interaction and relationships and having a good time over work. Mm. Um, What's you that see, like? Yeah, right? See, Japan's um, very much opposite of that, really? actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I loved it. It was great. We uh, get up. Everyone kind of wakes up, you know, pretty normal time, mm-hmm. like, as we do here. Um, small breakfast, coffee, and then you go out to start the day. You had to work. Um, or class, you go to work for a few hours, and then they take a pretty extensive break in the middle of the day called siesta. I love Um, that. And so, you know, there's no class. Most businesses shut down, and everyone goes home for a big lunch and a nap. Oh, I think I was supposed to be born in Spain. (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) I I would go home from class. My host mother would have made, like, lunch is the biggest meal of the day, so she would have made, like, a three-course meal, something cool. So I'd come home from class with my host brother, and we'd sit down, we'd have lunch, then we'd take a nap, and then we'd go back to whether we were going to go to the gym afterwards or go back to class, or yeah, my friends were tutoring some kids. So you have that break in the middle of the day. That's just fantastic. How um, long was the break on average? Uh, usually businesses would shut down from, like, one to four or five. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. such a nice amount of time. Right. So, I mean, it, that was something you used to, too, because I would go out in the middle of the day wanting to go shopping or go bop into some stores or whatever. Yeah. And they're all closed yeah, just no during that main part of the day. So yeah. you either go in the morning or you go at night. night. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they stay open way later. Like yeah. stores will be open till 10 or 11. Oh, that's not bad you at know? all. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And and the Spanish people, will they go out and walk, go out on walks together. They go out to the bars together. They go out for coffee together. They go out to do so many things. And, you know, it was just a cool social environment. 
Um, the city that I was in, Granada, like I mentioned before, has an interesting mix of cultures. A lot of Moroccan influence, a lot of Arabic influence, but also a lot of gypsy influence. Gypsy, yes. Okay. Um, Southern Spain was where a lot of the gypsies ended up settling when they came from from India. I forget when, but um, no so they actually had this separate neighborhood that was in the hills, and they lived in caves. Whoa, yeah. like actual caves. Caves, it, like so cool. have you seen the Hobbit? <laughs> so cool. yeah. yeah, I love the Hobbit. Literally looks like that. Wow. You walk up into the hills, and there's like caves that go deep into the mountains, and they're like painted walls and everything. Oh, like, did you go inside there. of them at all? They had a museum for the caves, but I never got to go into a real one. Mm-hmm. Um, my salsa instructor actually lived in a cave, but I never got to go to his That's house. That's kind of cool. That so then on top of the, the gypsy caves, there was a, the entire city was built around this enormous um, Arabic castle from the 1200s called the Alhambra. Whoa. Um, and so you look up anywhere from the city and you see this enormous castle just towering over the whole city. Wow. And so, like, you'll be walking through streets um, shoulder to shoulder <laughs> with the houses on cobblestone streets. You look up, and there's a castle. Like, wow. that w- those were the scenes that I kind of saw on my way to school every day, mm-hmm. and it was just unbelievable. Wow. Well, Casey, I actually have a question. Have you, since you're from Saratoga, have you been to the restaurant Boca Bistro? Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. Yeah, they have um, food that's, like, Spanish, and they serve, like, the tapas there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my tapas, God. Tapas, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, so that's actually a traditional of Granada, where I was. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention tapas. Like, that's like I was one there, of the yeah. main <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, Food-wise, what was it like everywhere? Um, like, so the great, like, one of their claim to fame is is tapas. Yes. So you go out, and Granada's also one of the cheapest cities in Europe, so you go out and you buy a drink, whether it's an alcoholic drink or a soft drink. Um, you It would come with a snack or a tapa. So you'd get a beer for like two dollars and fifty cents, and it, oh, it comes with that's imagine it comes right. with a tapa, and the tapa can be something small, like you know, a bread with some olive oil and ham and yep, salt, yep. Um, or it can be as big as like you know, a sandwich or like mm-hmm. a, some sort of fish dish, mm-hmm. and you're getting that for the price of just the beer. So you, you know, you go out and you have a handful of beers, <laughs> and it comes with a bunch of snacks, and you're only down fifteen bucks, and you you know, you're having a good time, yeah. and you're full. Wow. So it was like, that was kind That's of amazing. our nightly routine. <laughs> <laughs> they still unwind, have yeah, a handful of beer. We also did that during beer. siesta a couple times, and it went back to class. No, but that's like, that's the best, yeah. to just like, enjoy that. Like my experience in Argentina was very, it was, it was very European, and it was very much a culture shock for me. Living, living in Buenos Aires, and it was just... I don't know how to explain it other than I was like, I got there and I was in shock because I grew up going and living back and forth between New Jersey and the Dominican Republic. Mm. So it was just to go there. First, like the food, I was like, what is this? Like, <laughs> not not in like a mean way, but like I'm used to eating arroz, habichuela, carne. Mm. I get there and they eat like, they have rice and they have like mayo on the side. You you have to scoop in the rice and the mayo and eat it. I'm like I've never eaten like wh- rice I, and mayo. Yeah, like <laughs> very I, interesting. No, combination. yeah, I was like mm. I've never Yum. eaten Breakfast this. It was very <laughs> European, but like the way they set up their food was interesting to me. It actually I kind of liked it a little bit better. Like breakfast was like. Something small like yeah. café con un pan tostado and maybe yeah, una fruta. Exactly right. mm-hmm. Yeah, you would have your mate. It's like an Argentine tea. It's basically a bunch of different herbs. You put it in your oh, little yes, mate cup yeah. and you just put in your hot water and you just drink that throughout the day. 
Um, then for lunch, it's again, it's something small. And then at like six, you have like a little tea time where you have like tea or coffee. Yeah, it's really That's cute. so cute. <laughs> you have your little tea or coffee with like a little pastry. But then you don't eat dinner until late. Like, oh, yeah. Like, my host family would make dinner at 11 o'clock at night. Like, that's when we were eating, 10, I'm 30, sorry, 11. Same with us. That's, that's yeah. Very, yeah, that's well, very My brother does Spanish. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do it too, but that's like frozen pizza rolls. Like, it's not anything <laughs> fancy. No, like, it was, it was very hard to adjust, but, like, they have that little tea time, like, in between because they do eat dinner so late. Yeah. Um, that for me was just in general because I'm not used to like I guess eating throughout the day like mm. that like I, I felt snack. like it was very <laughs> like yeah it was just very like social and different, different. in that yeah. way um in general in terms of like socialness I'll say that more people were outgoing there but also shy mm. like you would see big groups of friends like walking around but like no one would really go up to you unless you were like Unless they were very bold, okay. and I feel like that was a very rare occasion. I feel like typically people were more, a little bit more like shy in their own place, more like timid. Yeah, yeah, like people they weren't unfriendly, but they weren't friendly. Like if you needed help, like if I needed they're to there. go into the store and I needed directions, like someone would help me, mm. but they won't go out of their way to help you, like yeah. in Japan. And I felt mm. like that was, but also in general, like. It felt very New York. I felt like I was just living in a more European New York. Mm -hmm. Like I took the bus and the train everywhere. Um, there were definitely there were not like little kids alone. <laughs> like no parents were yeah. with their kids. Like even like when I first got there, um, our study abroad advisor was specific in saying like, you will be robbed. Like you might not be robbed, but if you are, no one will help you because like it's just so common. So I think, like, that's also, like, why there was always just people with other people. Right. Um, but also, it was very American in the sense I feel like people were very individualistic. Um, it was more collective when I went, for example, I went to Cordoba. I went to Armstrong Santa Fe. That's where my family's from. That's, like, more like El Campo. And when I went to Uruguay and Paraguay, it was more Latino, I felt like. But Buenos Aires itself, I felt like... It was very European, and it privileged mm -hmm. that. I will say my favorite thing there was my asado. Like, I grew up eating asado, and the best steak I've ever had mm. is by my dad making it a la parrilla. Oh. Um, Argentina comes in a good second, but my dad, best steak, and just in general, like, going to El Campo and seeing mm -hmm. my family, like, Literally, like, we would talk to the cow in the morning, and at night my uncle was cooking the cow. And <coughs> say my family's from El Campo. They're really from El Campo. Like, you go and, like, for example, like, my uncle rescued, like, horses. And so, like, I was going. I was playing with the horses. I was playing with the cows, the sheep, the little, like, um, the goats. And you would see little guinea pigs, wild guinea <gasps> pigs just oh running around. God. It was so cute. I was just so excited. I was in my element. I'm like, I get to play with all these animals. animals. And oh I get to just, like... Like, I got to feed the little horse corn from my hand, oh and my I was God. just there feeding. Oh, my gosh. And I was so happy. I was like, me and this horse are friends. Oh and his name God. is Principe. And oh. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I'm Princesa Bianca, and you're Principe, my horse. <laughs> oh. And it was oh so God. cute to me. So to touch on one more thing about your actual experience there, education-wise, what was it like doing classes in a different country? And what did that look like? Was it really similar? Was it really different? How, what did your day-to-day -day look like? So for me, um, 
my Japanese class, it was very rigorous. Um, they're very hard. They're very strict on you with the classes. Um, but uh, my Japanese class was probably my hardest class because we had to learn like, content after content after content like in within a day. And on top of that, we had like um, labs like that you could choose. Like it was either you could focus on grammar or kanji, which is like the intricate um, characteristics that you write, um, or oral or reading or listening. And I picked uh, the speaking because, you know, it's always good to better um, your conversation in a foreign language. Um, so on top of that, we had to, like, learn, like, a lot in every class. Um, and then primarily, like, my classes were in English. After that, um, I took a culture class for Japan. I'm trying to think what else. I took a history class um, in a politics in Jap Japanese or politics in Japan class, excuse me. Um, and all of my like teachers, like either from like Germany or like from another part of Europe. So, um, it's uh, Tokyo University of Foreign Studies. So there's yeah. a lot of like, um, foreign professors there, but I enjoyed my classes. It was a bit different because, um, me being the only American student in the class. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, so you weren't in a second language classroom? Oh, uh, no. Well, my Japanese, um, class. So my learning Japanese that was all in Japanese but then I took the my other classes were in English oh okay. yes yes excuse me um should have elaborated on that mm -hmm. before but um obviously uh <laughs> my German professor uh kind of made it clear that he uh wasn't a fan of, of American yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah. there's a lot of that in, yeah, yeah for sure um so that was a little bit hard because I've never really Obviously, when you're in America and you're an American, you know, there's not really that much bias going on um, unless, you know, there's also racism going on. That I mean, yeah. unfortunately, that is a thing. But um, with that professor, um, it w I've never experienced that, like having a certain bias because I'm American, because obviously, like, I'm in a foreign country. Mm -hmm. But all my other professors I loved. I mean, they were very, they were very lively. They knew how to like, keep the classroom engaged, which I love in a professor. Mm -hmm. But other than that... Um, no, I enjoyed it. I just had the one tip with that one professor. But, mm. yeah, no, it was, I enjoyed it. It was, again, I got a lot out of my classes. So, yeah. Now, Casey, what did it look like in Spain? It was great. It actually wasn't too much different than what we have here. Um, I would go to school in the morning, and I usually had three or four classes a day, and they were generally back-to-back. -back. So when I went, I would generally spend most of the day at school. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, we all went home for siesta. Um, so we'd leave class, we'd go home for a nice big home cooked lunch, uh, take a little nap and then go back if we had to. Um, but classes were set up pretty similar to what we have here, like 20, maybe tops 30 people per class. Mm -hmm. Um, I took all my courses in Spanish, mm -hmm. um, but they were second language courses. So, you know, they were dumbed down a little bit and they, we were learning about material like history, uh, culture, um, stuff like that, but it was definitely aimed towards teaching us the language through teaching us material. Okay. Um, so it was nice, and most of the material was pretty digestible. It wasn't too hard. The um, professors were super helpful. A lot of it was project-based and communication-based, so it's not like I was taking exams and writing a lot of papers. Um, but I would say that it was somewhat challenging because the school that I went to was a language school, so, you know, people go there to learn languages and yeah. they're really good at it. So um, it wasn't too much 
easier than most of my classes would have been had I stayed here on campus, mm -hmm. which I was kind of expecting to go and just, you know, take vacation classes like cooking yeah. and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it was actually pretty intense. Um, and luckily it was pass fail for me through the SUNY oh, program. Nice. Mm -hmm. So yeah. my GPA didn't get affected. It wouldn't have been too bad, but it definitely would have. Damaged Went it down a little, little bit. bit. Um, the grading system is also a little different, so it took a really long time for the grades to transfer. Mm -hmm. um, Spain does a 10-point scale, um, and it's everything above five is passing. But it, oh. it doesn't it's, – it's not like 50. They have mm -hmm. a it's, – it's, like, done it's completely okay. differently. Um, but that was always kind of weird, like, getting a paper back and seeing a seven. <laughs> like, and oh. I'll be like, oh, I got a 70, but then I realize, oh, wait, it's not – that's not what that means, that's you know. So you had to kind of – start thinking in their own language. Yeah. Um, but it was great. Yeah. Good. It was fun. We had like 10 minutes between classes. So you'd walk out, see friends, and then you'd go into your next class. And yeah, it was a good time. And were all your classes like in the same area? One building. One building. Yeah, it was, it was one building. The Center for Modern Languages was what it was called. It was a, a, a subset of the University of Granada. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we all took classes there. And then on the weekends, they'd sometime offer uh, weekend trips. Oh. And so you get on the bus uh, at like on Friday morning at 6 a.m. You get to the bus and you go see a different city in Spain for a day or a couple of days. Mm -hmm. um, we did uh, Sevilla, we did Cordoba, we did Alpujara, Malaga, a bunch of other cities in Spain. Um, so that was cool. And that was included in the price. Oh, wow. Really nice. That's yeah. really nice. So it was just like a free excursion. Really. Yeah, pretty much. That's so cool. My classes were very similar to yours, Casey, in the sense that it was like graded by 10, 9, 8, and then it would go from like 0 to 10. Mm. But um, I love my classes. Um, but basically, by my sophomore year of university, I knew that I wanted to be a professor. I knew I wanted to teach. Mm. And so I went specifically and I took two literature classes. I took Argentine literature and I took then Latin American literature um, because I wanted to teach literature. I knew like... I went there and I said, I'm doing literature. That's like, this want. is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And I did that. I took a film class because I love I love film analysis as well, mm -hmm. even though literature will always have my heart. Mm -hmm. And then I took a little sociolinguistics class. Oh, um, fancy. I'll say that, in general, my experience with the teachers weren't bad. The only thing I didn't like was my film professor. Every time I spoke a certain way, she would say, that's not how you pronounce the word or that's not an actual word. Mm -hmm. And I said, it's not a word in Argentina, but I said, this is a word in the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. I said, how are you going to sit there and say that all Dominicans or a whole country speaks incorrectly? Yeah. And it was always just like her kind of just trying to like make me speak more Argentine because she's like, oh, you, like, really embrace Dominican, but not Argentine. But this is, was how I grew up. Yeah, like I kind of you learn. Yeah, it's it a known fact that there's multiple words for multiple different things in Spanish. And there's no yeah. proper way to... No. Yeah, just, yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't even that. It was just, like, I grew up going to the DR, being in the DR. Right, like, right. I know my family. Like, I've only been to Argentina once. So, for me, yes, I've heard Argentine Spanish from my dad. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was, like you want me to change my whole dialect right. and my whole dialect is like that's me. what makes you you exactly. yeah it's yeah. me and it's beautiful that's frustrating yeah. yeah that's really frustrating i'm sorry you had to go through that i mean honestly it's something that i've hear i hear constantly yeah and it's like always a prejudice like people are always saying oh dominicans don't know how to talk dominicans don't know how to do this and to me that is just in general frustrating yeah. because i'm like you wouldn't say that because 
Chile has a different grammatical system than, for example, I don't know, let's say Honduras. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say that one, one is right speak, versus yeah. the other. Mm-hmm. Like, so why is it always on Dominicans that we don't know how to speak when every country has? Every other nonstop. Like, yeah. they don't all have the same, like, a similar grammatical structure, but obviously words are different. The way we, like, use certain verbs can even be different. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I just, that was something that I just really didn't like. Yeah, I can imagine. Ugh. Well, now coming to a close for the trip itself, what was it like coming back? And what was it, do you think it was harder to acclimate back? I mean, because how long were these experiences? Three months, four months about? Yeah, uh, for me, it was four months about. Um, and coming back, I was a little um I was a little nervous because I've never flown by myself because my mom went out with me to Tokyo mm, right, in the beginning. Yeah. So now this was all me. I had to fly out by myself. But um, luckily, I um, f- I flew out of the same airport that I came in, which was Narita. Oh. Um, thing was that I was just a little nervous about finding a ride, um, like a Uber ride. But I did get one. Um, and I had enough yen to pay him because it was a little pricey because it was two hours away. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but I got checked in. Um, went through baggage claim, you know, customs, all that. I found my gate, um, but I had just one layover, which I had to land in uh, New Jersey. Oh, um, not yeah, too bad. so the same, yeah. Um, but again, like the flight was not bad. I had a very nice, sweet old uh, Japanese lady sit next to me. She was so sweet. Aww. Yeah. Um, and I just pretty much enjoyed the ride. You know, there was a little turbulence, so I was like a little nervous. A little shaky, yeah, a little yeah. shaky. But we landed. In New Jersey, I was very happy. I had to go back to um, baggage claim, you know, to, you know, check my bags in through the same United Airlines um, to make sure that they weren't stuck in New Jersey. So they would go into through Albany. Um, And then I landed in Albany, which like we literally went up and then we came back down in the air because it's like New Jersey to Albany. So that's a weird Yeah. Yeah. It it really was. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so I landed in Albany and I was back at home. My mom surprised me because I didn't see her. So she snuck up behind me. She gave me a hug. And she had a huge bowl of pasta waiting for me. So, yup. Yup. So, very happy. I made it home safe, you know, happy to be with family and friends i miss japan but you know i will go back one day hopefully i would love to so yeah it's good to hear you're excited to go back yes yes so casey what was your experience coming back to the united states um my experience coming back was a little interesting because i actually i bought a one-way ticket on my way there Mm. you know figure you committed fully yeah i was like you know what i'm going (laughs) and i don't know when i'm coming back um and i actually waited a really long time to try to figure out what i wanted to do at the end because i knew i wanted to stay and travel Mm -hmm. Um, so I ended up booking a flight from Dublin, Ireland, um, as my return flight. Mm-hmm. So I planned two weeks of travel around Europe and then to end in Dublin for a couple of days and then fly home from Dublin. Wow. Leaving Spain was awful. It was Aww. brutal because at that point, you know, I had been there for just under five months ish. Oh, wow. You did a long time. Yeah. And I mean, I lived with a host family and I had, you know, a brother basically that I was mm-hmm. living with and a host mother that cooked me three meals a day yeah. and you know, did my laundry and cleaned my room and all that stuff. And like, she loved us. She treated us like, you know, her own kids. So we grew really close. We'd go out for churros with them and do all like oh, cute stuff that's and that's have so family so dinners. Precious. And they'd throw us like, you know, they'd make us cakes for our birthdays because we both had our oh birthdays my there. That's oh my so God. Cute. So like, oh my we were really, really close mm-hmm. with our host family. And so leaving her was 
honestly probably one of the hardest goodbyes I've had in my life so Aww. far. I, it felt like I was actually saying goodbye to the like family. a mother, like Aww. you know what so I mean. Sad. So leaving Spain was brutal, but um, luckily it was in early in the morning, and I had to be in a bit of a rush. Okay. So we couldn't draw out the yeah. goodbye oh, too right, long. Yeah. I kind of had to rip off the bandaid after yeah. you know five minutes of crying. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so from there I. I I went down to Malaga Airport and I flew to Berlin. I spent three or four days in Berlin, and from Berlin I flew to Edinburgh, Scotland. Oh, um, wow. I stayed there for four days, and then from Edinburgh I flew to Dublin, um, and I actually met up with Megan Van Voort, a friend of ours. Oh, a friend of ours. Yeah. She had just arrived in Barcelona, and I was like, "Hey, well, I'm gonna be, I'm leaving Europe, but we should try to see each other before I go." And so we decided to meet each other in Dublin for a couple of days. Yeah. So I I was in Dublin for a couple of days, and then that last flight was my my flight home. Um, so what was crazy about coming what, landing back home though was it was during the wildfires. It was I flew home oh. on June sixth, oh, which was like wildfires, like the prime time of the sky looking orange down in New York City. Crazy. So when I flew in, like you know, I kind of woke up out of my daze, whatever, opened <laughs> the. Uh, airplane window and the sky was orange it looked like blade oh, runner i was like God. and i had no idea there was wildfires i was not keeping in touch with like the news in the united no. states so i, I was like me too. what is i think happening? that's so funny like we go to like these other countries and we're like oh my god beauty and then we come back to the u.s and it's like shit show after shit show Screaming. after shit show and you're like what is happening <laughs> yeah it was uh definitely jarring um we had to try to land more than once because of how foggy it was. Oh my so gosh. I was like, okay, can we just turn this thing around and go back? <laughs> Please, <laughs> <laughs> Might um, as well. Sign, yeah. but it was nice. My dad picked me up from the airport. We drove home and we had, uh, you know, burgers, watermelon, and Cape Cod yep. chips um, for dinner. So just like, there you go. So back cool. in the United States. Back in the United States, <laughs> you know, which was great. But I, uh, the funniest thing adjusting to being back home was I was so accustomed to my host mother cooking me three meals a day oh. and oh. doing my laundry. So... The first couple of weeks, months, and you know, still a little bit now, um, <laughs> I kind of forgot how to cook for myself. So I was very dependent on my host mother, which um, you know was a good, not the worst. It was a great thing then, but yeah. it's a, kind of a rough thing now. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but yeah, it, it was good. So, what was your experience coming back to the United States, and how did your traveling go there? Um, it was really cute. Um, my host mom has she's she was this little old lady. She from um, Italian descendancy. Mm. And she was like, I have a driver, and I don't want you to take a taxi. Mm-hmm. So she was like, "You, we had our own driver. Oh, again with the fancy. Yeah, answer. no, we had our <laughs> own driver, and it was so cute. I was so sad um, to leave her. But it was just nice. Like She was like, I want you guys to be safe, and I know that he will make sure you guys go to where you need, and he'll get you guys through there safe. And that was cute. And coming back, it was... The same. It was a direct flight, 12 hours. Um, I'll say coming back, there was more turbulence. Mm-hmm. Going there, there wasn't. Um, but other than that, it was the same. I slept. I was with... Wine and sleeping. Gotta love it. That and <laughs> also people that I had studied abroad with were coming back with me at the same oh, flight. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I was sitting there talking to them. Yeah. And we were all just like... Reminiscing almost. Yeah, or? it was really nice. It was so cute. I was so happy that... We all had the same flight, and we could all just talk to each other. That's so nice. Yeah. Well, that's so great. I think the last thing I just want to wrap up on is what was your favorite part about your experiences abroad? For me, I would have to say um, having the privilege of seeing not just Tokyo, but Osaka and Kyoto. I have to say, like, the setting, the scenery, the beauty of it all. I mean, 
you see it through the pictures, but when you're there in real life, I mean, mm, I mean, else, yeah, yeah, I remember it's when I had to leave um, for my flight to go back home, I was crying because I was going to the city. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm going to miss Shibuya. I'm, I'm going to miss Harajuku. I'm going to miss all of this. Yeah. Um, and I definitely have to say, I really, really miss the convenience stores because <laughs> they have their food in the com- convenience stores is equivalent to our go- gourmet food oh. for like Asia. And it's like, it's amazing because they're open 24 hours. So it was always crowded at like two in the morning. Of course. Um, and I would always get uh, soba noodles and it was so nice. And they had these, uh, f- everything was like fresh, like the chicken nuggets or the chicken tenders you can get, the tonkatsu. Oh my God, it was so good. Um, and their desserts were absolutely divine there. Um, and even like the walk, like the McDonald's, like their food was healthy. I mean, like they, Ugh. it's all real What's food. It's like? not processed. Yeah. Like that, it's like you can taste like the difference. Um, I think it's just seeing like, the scenery and like the valleys, the greenery, uh, Mount Fuji. I remember seeing that. I've oh my god, it was beautiful. Um, so it's really for me. It's it's like the food and uh, the scenery itself, absolutely beautiful and delicious. So yeah. yeah, I can imagine for you, Casey. What would you say your favorite part was? Um, honestly, it's you know it's hard to pinpoint one thing, mm-hmm. but I would just say like the adventure as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, living in Spain, living in Granada is such a small place. I was able to actually kind of become part of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by the end of the semester, I was playing in local spike ball tournaments. Oh, and, nice. Uh, I actually had some local Spanish friends, which was, you know, that took a while to kind of break into those friend groups. But eventually I, I, I started it. to do that. Um, what kind of stunk was I could have used a couple more months because, like, you know, that stuff started to happen right at the yeah. end. I started to really oh, feel man. immersed right by the end um, just because, you know, the language barrier and mm-hmm. you know, being a foreign exchange student. Yeah, you know. people are like. But, yeah, like becoming a part of the community was, was really exciting and made it feel a little bit more like home. Um, but the scenery too, like I could walk around those streets forever. Like, you know, cobblestone, you got these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful buildings. You could touch houses with both your hands, walking down these tiny little streets, look up, see a castle, like the enormous mountains of Southern Spain. It it was just, the scenery was incredible. There was this one spot in particular called San Miguel. It was a, an old uh, church up on a hill above the city and it took Solid 20 minutes of walking straight uphill to get up there. Oh, wow. But we would do it multiple times a week. We'd go up, we'd stop, we'd grab a bottle of wine or grab a, a couple beers, Damn. and we'd go up there for sunset. And it, this sunset over Granada and the Alhambra was incredible. And I, you know, that's probably what I think about the most is just sitting up there at sunset with these people that I just became friends with. Yeah. And we actually did that. As our last night. Oh, oh stop! That's so, so precious. Oof, I'm almost getting teared <laughs> up now. Thinking about it, but <laughs> so we, we went up there um, for our last night before everyone started to fly out, and we just kind of sat there. We actually ended up getting pizza, and just looking out at the city that we just spent five months getting yeah. to know, and like you know, hugging these people that we've been best friends with for five months, and you know, oh there's God. a chance that you you know most likely don't see them again. Yeah. It was like the best friends you've ever had. That's so. Um, sad. So like, I still have these pictures of all of us just up there. It, it was incredible. It sounds absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I yeah. described it. A really yeah. magical experience. Yeah, that was yeah. definitely something. But So what was your favorite part about your experiences in Argentina? Um, I think my favorite part was definitely just visiting my family and connecting with my sister. Um, I don't know. It was just a really nice experience to actually be able to like meet and talk to her. Because at that point, I hadn't been able to meet or talk to her and... We're very similar, so, like, we got along really well. And just in general, I also miss, it's going to sound weird, but, like, the casero vibe, the mm-hmm. fact that you would go 
to like, for example, cerveceria or an heladeria. And my sister knew the people there mm. because it was so small. Everyone knew each other. And the way they made the food, like you could tell they made it with just a lot of love and a lot of pride. Mm. And so for me, that was also something that I felt like was just, it was just beautiful and nice because I feel like we don't like always take pride in the way we present things here. I felt like it's going to sound weird, but I felt like I was just eating from like a jungle. Like I felt like everything was just like (laughs) fresh and right there. And I love that because I hate coming here and then you eat like a strawberry and it tastes like plastic. I got to end with, I'm so jealous of all of you. I intend on traveling after I graduate. So fingers crossed I'll do everything that you guys are doing, but Thank you so much for sharing your experiences. And Casey, thank you for coming on. Thank you.